Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, it's uh, exciting to see that Springs Church Drive-In is going around the world, and so many reports are coming in from country after country of them getting up just so they can be a part of it live, the middle of the night, early morning, late at night, getting people into their homes and getting a chance. There's just something about the drive-in church that has just captured the imagination of the world because we're not doing it just slap happy. We're doing it world-class in a way that television can still be enjoyed, but it's the message of Jesus Christ. So I'm so excited about this testimony and so many others. There's a real reason why we want to finance church here. It's to reach our area and to go to the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, we're going to pray right now for our leaders. Timothy says, pray for all men. Pray for leaders, those in authority, and that there's a promise that goes with that, that when we learn to pray, that then we have peace and prosperity and blessing in our lives because we're praying about leadership. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now for our leaders, for those in authority. We pray for our prime minister. We pray for our government. We declare that the Spirit of God flows upon them. We declare that the Spirit of wisdom and of revelation uh, in the knowledge of Jesus flows upon them. We claim, Father, leaders after your heart in every area of of our country, from government to premiers, Father, to cities, to education, health care. We claim leaders after your own heart in every one of these areas, and we declare it upon our country. We declare it right now, Father, your word upon America, that, Father, leaders after your own heart. We pray right now that, Father, the countries of this world, we pray for the church of Jesus Christ and its leaders, and we declare, Father, that the church of Jesus Christ is rising up as salt and light in every area of society. We claim leaders after your heart. Father, we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, so I'm going to lack nothing. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. So he brings me calm, strength, rest, and quietness. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. So he brings me strength. And he leads me in right paths for his kingdom purpose, his reputation. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So even when I walk through a dark valley, I sense your presence and I receive your protection. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. So I enjoy your blessings in the middle of enemies all around me. I am continually being refreshed and blessed. There's a flow that comes my way that even I can't contain.
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So good things, love and loyalty, pursue me all my life. And I will live with Father God forever. This 23rd Psalm, under the inspiration of Holy Spirit, is showing us a stunning look at our lives. Today I want to talk about and entitle my message, In the Presence of My Enemies. Someone asked me one time, would you pray that the devil stops harassing me? And I said, really, you want to die? No, 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 no. I, I'm just tired of the, the enemy. You know, he's always after me. Well, that's only going to stop when you get to heaven. And so we have to understand that while we're on this planet, we always have an enemy. The devil would like to divide us up by language and country and, and this color of our skin and all of our different beliefs. But the fact is there are only two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And we have to understand this. Otherwise, I mean, the question is, who is my enemy? Well, John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. When you don't have a life that is abundant and fulfilling and full of joy and laughter and peace, then God's not behind that. The enemy is behind that. Everything that kills, steals, and destroys, that's the thief. That's the kingdom of darkness. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Here it's saying our enemy is not people. Now, if someone is attacking you and you've got to defend yourself, well, of course you treat him like an enemy. You're not going to just stand there and go, oh, he's not my enemy while he shoots your kids or takes a baseball bat to you. So I'm not a pacifist that just goes, oh, I guess whatever will be, will be. No way. When Jesus was talking to, when Peter was talking to Jesus and on the second time they were going out and he said, hey, we got two swords as we go on our journey. He said, good. Jesus goes, good. That's enough. But when you look at people as the enemy, you've got to remember that there is always something behind the anger, the attack. There's always something behind this, this um, attack against you personally or against us as a city, a country, our way of life, etc. And when you recognize that if you just deal with the people that are being used to hurt you in business, family, etc., that he'll just find someone else who's not in control of their emotions and beliefs, and he'll use them as well. So when the Bible says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, 
Do you know how phenomenal that promise is? Most people in the presence of their enemies are behind a tree. They are eating some kind of a snack bar while they're running for their life. They are living in this defensive posture with the wagons circled. But the Bible is saying here that when you know your God, when you begin to rise up in faith, that he prepares a table for you when it comes to the blessing of God. What that means is publicly. What that means is the favor of God is so real that you're not cowering behind a fence. You're not hiding behind a tree. You're sitting at a table with the overflowing food and things to drink and nourishment. And a table means laughter and friendships. A table means family and all the blessing of God. In the midst of whatever is going on in your life, don't let the enemy get you afraid and circling the wagons so that you are like the world, so full of fear that the more you watch the news, and by the way, just so you know, the news is never accurate it never tells the whole truth. It tells the peace they want you to have because the more scared they can make you, the more they'll get you to watch them. And then we need more and more laws to control us. Recognize that we do not live in fear, but that God prepares a table in the very presence of our enemies, the very presence of what everybody is freaking out by. You go on laughing and enjoying the life that God has prepared for you and I. So the enemy is not people. There is something behind it. So it says here in Ephesians 6, we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but there is a spirit force behind it all. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, it says here that Christ has redeemed us from the curse that the law brought into our lives when we disobeyed it. You see, there's a thief who's always trying to steal your freedom, steal your peace, steal the blessing of the Lord on your life. And we're not wrestling with people. Now, we have to deal with people. If someone comes against you and sues you, you'll be dealing with that person. If someone comes after your property uh, with a knife, you better deal with that person. But recognize that while you're dealing with things or people or things that are coming at you in your personal life, that you need to be addressing the spirit force that is behind it. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Here, it talks about the curse. Now, you need to see the curse as the enemy. Now, what is the curse? Well, according to Deuteronomy 28, uh, after verse 15, it lists 50 verses approximately of curses. And the reason you need to read them is because you never welcome them. Sickness is a curse. It is an enemy. Poverty is a curse. It is an enemy. Mental illness is a curse. It's an enemy. Nobody wants it. We all deal with these things. But we don't, we don't accept them as, this is the wonderful blessing God has given to me. No, we accept the people, absolutely, because we're all working on something. But we've got to recognize that if you can find it written under the list of curses, that you must treat it like an enemy. Not the person, not your family member, but what it is that's trying to steal their joy, steal their ability to rise up in the giftedness God has placed with 
in them. We live in a fallen world. And too many Christians are accepting things that are written down under the curse of the law. And Jesus has redeemed us from that curse. So who is our enemy? Let me help you out. This is not a, a, a thesis on doctrine, but I want to help you. Our enemy is anything. It's the thief. He tries to steal, kill, and destroy. It's not flesh and blood people. You may have to defend yourself against people or organizations, but that is not what is the most powerful thing. It is what is behind it all. It is the spirit force. And we've got to recognize that whenever this curse, any part of the curse begins to push at your life, there ought to be an immediate reaction in you that goes, no, no way. And if you don't have yourself equipped that way, then you're going to live your life in a way that just, well, this is the way it is. Life gets harder. Life gets worse. I'm getting older. What can I say? Well, you need to say what the Bible says. So what do we do as believers? Well, once you recognize that what is going on between you and your loved ones that is hurting relationships, they're not the enemy. It's the spirit of the enemy behind it all shooting fiery darts of beliefs and thinking and attacking emotion and trying to remove joy and replace it by, by anger. Try to remove peace and replace it by an agitation and a self-centeredness. And there's a flesh part of us, the Bible says, that is here we've always got to deal with it. The Bible says that the flesh in you wars against your recreated spirit. So Holy Spirit is in your human spirit, but then you have a flesh. Now this flesh is basically the selfish side of you wanting to look after yourself your way. And the flesh will always rise up. And so the Bible teaches us that we should have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you that it talks about. So what are you going to do? We need to recognize that whatever you're dealing with in your relationships, your health, in your business, in your career, in your country, in etc., that if it is not life-giving, that behind it all, somewhere, you are going to find that there is a spirit force at work. Now, what do we do in our lives? Well, we need a weapon. We need a weapon that doesn't just work against flesh and blood, because that's only a small part of what we need to deal with. We need a weapon that deals with spirit forces. And so when you go into Ephesians chapter 6, where it talks about that we are struggling with principalities, with powers, rulers, it is talking about the spirit realm. So many people will laugh about that in the world as though that's not a big deal. But what they don't understand is what's behind it all. There are people right now who want good government, and I want good government from country to country, but good government doesn't last. If you just put in a leader or you put in a system of government, but you don't change the hearts of the people, then there, there'll be another leader coming along and laws will change that will try to bring tyranny in. So how do we deal with this in our personal lives, in our business lives, in our country, in, in our world? We need to understand the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God praying. 
It is the most stunning thing given to believers, but so few do it. The Bible says the fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working. So if we are not going to pray the word, if we are not going to declare God's word, then you are going to find you will be continually fighting things in your everyday life like relationship issues and business issues, career issues, city issues, government issues, country issues, I mean, money issues. The list just goes on. And instead of dealing with this with a, with a sense of victory that overcomes, you're continually being pushed back. And it's like the enemy will try to entangle you. So you need to understand that although there's certain amount of authority in this world, there are governments over Russia that have authority. A government over Canada has a certain amount of authority. But did you know that in the realm of the two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, that it is human beings who know Christ and who speak his word that must take the authority that is in us as human beings because God gave it to us and the authority that is in God's word that Jesus won for us on the cross and we must enforce it. If there is no enforcing of authority, there is no real authority. That is why at some point parents forget that as your child grows up that when they're uh, a certain size and they're a certain age you don't have any power anymore you have no authority how do you enforce that authority you can't and so as a Christian you need to understand that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God praying always now that doesn't mean that when you pray God's word, you're screaming at the devil like so many of the military quote-unquote people. Well, you no, know, what you're doing is you, as the authority of your life and your future, have linked up with Jesus Christ. He's on the inside of you, but you still need to declare your future. You need to prophesy your future. So that means getting up and saying that my future will be filled with blessing and favor, that no weapon formed against me will prosper, that my youth will be renewed like the eagles, that my children will be taught of the Lord, that my children will always be, re that my seed, meaning every generation, will be rescued by him. As you begin to declare the word of God with faith and with Jesus Christ on the inside, you instantly transform from a person who can only deal with physical enemies to a person who is now in authority to deal with the spirit that is behind it all. That is the thief. That is the, the, the dark side. The, by that I mean the kingdom of darkness who will never stop. So should we be worried? No. We should rise up and declare. Because when you decide to declare God's word over your family, your marriage, your health, etc., then you begin to see that the shield of faith works. 
that the breastplate of righteousness bounces off every lie of the enemy, that the helmet of salvation stops every clubbing on the head. There's nothing the enemy can do once you declare in faith the word of God, believe it, and don't stop daily declaring whose you are, who you are, where you're going, what your purpose in life is. And when you do that, your children will learn this. And at a young age, they'll know who they are. And so it's crucial that we understand this. Now, there's another step to this that's very important. People think, well, as long as I'm blessed, that's okay. People treat Springs Church sometimes. They come, teach me how to get healed, teach me how to prosper financially, uh, teach me how to make my marriage work. And once they get their marriage and their sex life back, once money starts to flow in and they get enough of God for their personal life to go well, they stop coming to church. They stop volunteering. They stop giving. They've arrived. And what they have forgotten is that we live in a fallen world. And that's why we have to pray for leaders. You need to be plugged into a local church. You need to get out there and give and volunteer and pray because your prosperity isn't going to last for generations if you don't have a part to play in reaching your country. You see, it is the church of Jesus Christ that is so crucial. Jesus said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. The goal of the church is not to have you prosperous, rich, romantic, uh, sexy, and flashy living on a beach somewhere. The role of the church is to go reach the lost sheep. It's to win those who don't know Jesus Christ. It is to make soul winning and those that don't know Jesus our primary purpose because God wants them in heaven. But you understand that also is the only way we're going to have strong countries. You can't pray in a leader that knows Jesus and, 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 and then just think that everything's going to be fine now. now. Give me my beach house and, and just give me a couple beautiful cars and some good money. I'm going to be fine. No, you're living in a country that needs Jesus and everybody votes. And you can't force people to vote your way. So we need to win them with the beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ. And when they come to know Jesus as their Savior and Lord, they have a revelation that shows them how to deal with the physical world, begins to reveal to them there's also a spiritual world, and how do we as born-again believers walk our lives out with authority? So we must win the lost to Jesus Christ. We must share this beautiful message of Jesus to the people around us, because if we don't, you're going to find that you can't just live out your blessing in your little family. Well, no one around you understands Jesus because then your city, your country will just get darker and darker and you'll have to defend more and more against the physical things like governments, like food, medicine, all of that will begin to go in the wrong direction. So, we need to tell people about Jesus. We need a strong church. What is a strong church? It is a church that wins the lost to Jesus Christ. Then it is a church that takes that new convert and teaches them who they are in Christ, their rights and their privileges, and then their duties and responsibilities. 
There's someone watching me right now. You just love what's going on because you get to sit at home in your wrap and your bunny slippers and not get involved in sharing Christ and in being a part of his church and staying involved in giving, etc. You get to kind of just check out. Well, good luck with that because without the church of Jesus Christ winning the lost and then training and equipping them to walk in authority, to know their purpose in life, to walk up in the word of God, in the gifts of the spirit, in the armor that needs to be warned good luck with that so I'm challenging you today you need to be a part of a life-giving church stop running around as though churches are stores and find one that is life-giving find one that God's word is being spoken you know in the military when we look for leaders we don't look for the cool-looking ones. We don't look for the cool-dressed ones. We don't look for the ones who have some kind of great move or something. No, you look for a general who has been through battles because a veteran is a veteran of battles. He's not a veteran of 43 boot camps. He's not the best shot. He's not the best dressed. He's not the fastest runner. But he's been through so many real battles that he knows how to think through and walk through. And so we need to be a part of life-giving churches where leaders are placed there by God because only God can call the five-fold ministry. And then we surround them. We put our roots down for generations in that life-giving church, and we make a decision to change our cities and our countries. And as we raise up our children, we need to raise them up in the areas that we can influence our countries. We need to raise them up in governments and health care and military. We need to raise them up in education, the arts, entertainment, in business, in the media. The church of Jesus Christ and all the giftedness that is in us and our kids and our grandkids needs to rise up and influence all of these areas so that we see Jesus coming to these areas of our lives. My challenge to you today is plug into Springs Church here. If you're watching from another life-giving church, plug in, tithe, give to that church, roll up your sleeves, figure out how you can help out in any way possible. Because the only hope, you really think a vaccine's gonna change things? You really think a new government's gonna change things? You really think, listen to me, I want all that we can do. But I'll tell you right now, if we do not come against what is behind anything that will steal your freedom, anything that'll kill your body, anything that'll separate grandparents from grandchildren, anything that'll separate you name it that is not God behind that the spirit force behind it all is the kingdom of darkness and we need to be speaking the word of God so gather the messages that you've heard me speak on the different kinds of prayer and recognize that if you are not speaking God's word and declaring God's word over your life your country your home your kids your pastors your leaders get your country then what's going on the prayer of supplication is this petition before God and before the hordes of hell and before all of this planet. The word says, Jesus said to the enemy three times, it is written, it is written, it is written. So go back and take Psalms 23 and recognize that you can say out loud, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, so I will lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. So he brings me calm, strength, 
rest and quietness. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So he brings me strength and leads me in right paths for his kingdom purposes. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff comforts me. So even when I walk through a dark valley, I sense your presence and I receive your protection. Thou preparest a table before me in the very presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. So I enjoy your blessings in the middle of enemies all around me. I am continually being refreshed and blessings flow my way more than I can even contain. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So good things, love, and loyalty pursue me all my life, and I'll live with God forever. You know how many people? They're always waiting to see what evil's going to befall them. I've got news for you. I'm not worried about evil tracking me down because the goodness of God tracks me down. I'm not worrying. The Bible says that the wicked flee with no one pursuing them, but they're always afraid the cops are going to get me. Well, something's going to get me. Some are afraid disease is going to get me. Some are afraid they're going to lose the, the, the divorce. They're always wondering what's pursuing them. When's the other shoe going to drop? When are my chickens going to come home to roost? Take this 23rd Psalm and pray it. And then pray it in your own words like I just did and declare, this is my life. This is who my God is to me. And if you don't know where to start, start with the 23rd Psalm. Pray it every day until this becomes so real that you know that it's the loyalty of God, the love of God, His goodness. It's chasing me down. Behind every tree is not a boogeyman. It's the presence of God. Behind every mountain is an army of angels on my behalf. Behind everything the enemy meant for harm, God turns it around for good. Start to declare the word. That is praying the word. That is how Jesus dealt with the enemy, and it is how you need to start today. So my challenge, if you're brand new, or even if you're a mature servant of the Lord who knows the word, take that 23rd Psalm, find it, and then put it in your own words. Just start with it in your favorite, whether it's King James or New King James, and then you're going to get revelation after revelation. But what does it mean? His goodness and his mercy shall follow me. It means his loyalty. It means his love. What does it mean, pursue me? Because it literally means to follow you in a way that pursues you. It's coming to get you, coming to get you, coming to get you. What is? His goodness, his love, his loyalty. Behind every tree, behind every mountain realm, behind every dark cloud, wherever things go on, guess what? His goodness and his mercy, his love, his loyalty. It's pursuing you, chasing you down. Teach it to your kids. Let your kids hear you declaring what goes on in your family. Father, I pray right now, the presence of God upon each person listening to me. I pray that the church of Jesus Christ begins to rise up in prayer and supplication, and that with earnest, heartfelt prayer, they will speak the word over every situation, theirs personally and everything around them. And that, Father, we're going to see churches strong, winning the lost, equipping saints for the work of the ministry until they become mature in the things of God. Father, I pray this upon everyone right now. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to lead you in a powerful prayer. It is a prayer of choosing Jesus. 
There's lots of choices. Lots of things you haven't figured out. But boy, choices that we make, they cause consequences, good or bad. Let me share with you the most important decision you'll ever make. Is did you say to Jesus, come into my heart? Did you say, I accept this good news. I accept what you've done on the cross of Calvary. Let me lead you in that prayer if you want to get right with God. If you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, just pray this and decide this. Just say, dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. From today and on, I'm following you with your strength and power. Come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There, that's the most important decision you could ever make.